0: Only time will tell if our tactics work, right? But we're amazed at how they've worked for our lives so far. So we're excited to give it a shot for our kids. That way we're strengthening our family tree for generations to come. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three... First, I'll be sharing the five ways we are saving and investing for our kids' future. Second, we are back with our Mortgage-Free Family segment. This quarter, we're going to be featuring Patrick Hall from Tennessee. He and his wife paid off their mortgage in three years. Keeping Alive, a family legacy of mortgage-free living. And we're gonna share how they did this. And last but not least, my son Calvin's gonna be joining me for another good word. With all the rough news out there, Calvin and I wanna bring some positive, shining light towards you, because man, there is some good news out there, and we're gonna share it today. All right, let's jump into today's show. When we began our investing journey 10 years ago, We didn't realize the impact of starting early. After all, a few thousand dollars wasn't gonna get us to a comfortable retirement, right? Today, we're amazed, though, at how our balances have grown substantially. Compound interest, patience, and practicing buy and hold investing has helped our retirement balances soar to over $500,000 by age 40. And if we didn't contribute another dime, For the next 25 years, our retirement accounts could grow to around $2.7 million. This assumes a 7% annual growth rate, everybody. But that is the power of compound growth. Recently, I started thinking about how this same process could be applied to our kids. With around 60 years before their retirement, and call it 10 years before college, and potentially 20 years before their first home purchase, Time is truly on their side. So here's how we're saving and investing for our kids' future with compound interest, patience, and buy and hold investing in mind. Number one, 529 college savings account. Oh, with $1.7 trillion in student loan debt in our country, we want to make sure our kids avoid this mess as much as possible. That's why we started investing for our kids' future college costs with a 529 college savings account when they were born. For both our daughter and our son, we contributed a lump sum of money to start out their accounts. After that initial investment, we started regular monthly contributions. By doing this, our college investing became automatic. Based on their current balances and the time horizon to their college start date, we may not have the entire amount needed for their four years of college for both kids, but it should cover a lot of it. We can always shoot for scholarships, encourage our kids to work part-time while they're in school, and maybe even have them attend a year or two at a local community college to take care of some of their core classes at a fraction of the price. Number two custodial brokerage account or a UTMA or a UGMA or kids brokerage account, whatever you want to call this thing, essentially a brokerage account for kids. (laughs) So to get our kids to understand the power of compound interest and investing, we started a custodial brokerage account for each of them a few years ago. This was initially funded as a gift from their late grandmother who wanted them to have something special later on in their lives. Each month, our kids contribute to their investment accounts through their chore and reward program that we have at home. In short, they do some chores around the house each day and they get paid for their hard work so it's kind of like life, right? (laughs) Although their balances in this investment account is, is relatively small, these accounts could be perfect for a down payment for their first home or buying their first car in cash in the future. Number three, a Roth IRA for kids. Since my small business is all about my family, I wanted to include them in On The Fun as well. As you all know, my daughter is a regular co-host on this podcast, and my son also has been a regular co-host as well lately, and he shows up on my YouTube channel every once in a while as well. Additionally, they are featured as photography talent in articles and on my website. And another thing, Zoe and Calvin often shoot my TikTok videos and my Instagram. Instagram Reels. So for this type of work, I can pay them a fair hourly wage for their time. This has allowed me to contribute their earnings to a Roth IRA in each of their names. Talk about getting them started early with retirement investing, right? We're 60 years before they need to touch this money. Again, their account balances, they're small now, but over time, they're going to grow. And by the time they reach retirement age, I'm hoping they will thank their parents for getting them on track towards a comfortable retirement. If not, I'm hoping we can at least move in with them, right? (laughs) Because they'll have a lot of money. (laughs) Number four, high yield savings accounts. Outside of investing, we want to teach our kids the importance of saving for the future as well. Each of my kids have their own high-yield savings accounts where they save a portion of their chore and reward money each week. Since we've been doing this for years now, each of my kids have almost $300 in their accounts. So far, they've used these accounts to buy things like video games and bikes and things like that. In the future, they may want to use their accounts to go on a trip with a friend or maybe buying their first cell phone. By putting the money into their hands, they are getting the opportunity to learn how to save and spend wisely. Surely they're gonna make some mistakes with the money, but I'd rather have them make mistakes with five bucks today instead of $50,000 when they're in their 20s or 30s. Number five, Talking to our kids about money. The final way we are saving and investing for their future is by talking to our kids about finances regularly. These types of conversations and the experience and knowledge they gain could very well be our best investment for them. Although I'd love for them to learn and comprehend concepts like investing at compound interest, we're happy to start with the basics. Topics like needs versus wants and how it's important to give some of your money away and smart spending habits. These are just a few of the chats we have when the moment strikes. From the hundreds of successful parents I've spoken to on this podcast, one theme is ever present when I ask how to help your kids be happy, healthy, and wealthy in the future. They say, show them, don't tell them. When we shop with them, We show them smart spending habits and discuss how we've budgeted our money for the purchases we're making. If we go on a vacation, we discuss with them how we've saved up our money for the whole year to make this trip a reality. And when we give to charities or our neighbors in need, our kids give alongside us so they can see and learn the impact we're making together as a family. Now, will all these five steps help our children grow up to be happy, healthy, and wealthy? Well, we hope so, but who knows, right? Our goal is to help them learn the importance of starting early with investing, saving for the important things in the future, and how money is a tool to help you have a great life. Only time will tell if our tactics work, right? But we're amazed at how they've worked for our lives so far, so we're excited to give it a shot for our kids. That way, We're strengthening our family tree for generations to come. Well, enough for me, everyone. I want to hear from you. Which of these five tactics are you using to save and invest for your kids' future? What other ways can parents do this? Please let me know by sharing this episode on social media and tagging me at MarriageKidsAndMoney on Instagram and at AndyHillMKM on Twitter or Facebook. Let's keep the conversation going, everybody. Would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview Patrick Hall from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Recently, Patrick and his wife, Deanna, became mortgage-free in less than three years. Today, we're going to learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they are doing with their money now. Welcome to the show, Patrick.
1: Hey, Andy. Good to be here.
0: Absolutely, man. Glad to have you here and to learn about this mortgage-free in less than three years. That is, uh, that's pretty exciting. Let's go into the details. I like to start off the show with the mortgage-free three. These are quick, short answers. And the first one is: What was your starting mortgage principal balance?
1: So our starting balance was one hundred thirty-six thousand. One hundred thirty-six thousand. Yeah, we purchased our home for one hundred seventy and put twenty percent down. Got it. Okay, perfect. And then how long did it take you to pay off? Two years and three months.
0: Two years and three months. Wow. Okay. So almost close to two years. That's great. Okay. And then now the third question is, what is your home value today?
1: Well, in these wild home value times, it's up to, last I checked, it was 282000
0: thousand. Two hundred eighty-two. So you own a home, 282000 almost $300,000 home outright. Is that right? That is correct. Awesome. Well, that's got to be a good feeling, right? (laughs) It is, yes. Well, cool. Let's talk about your reasoning. Why did you want to pay off your mortgage? Talk to us about that. Why did you want to become mortgage-free?
1: Well, a bunch of different reasons. And first, I'll just say that, you know, we're all products of our environment and the people we spend time with. And I can remember this vividly when I was around 10 years old, my father getting home from work and announcing, we own our house now. And as a ten-year-old, I had no idea what a mortgage was and everything. I thought, well, I thought we already owned the house. And he said, no, the bank owned it, and now we do. And so I, I have that memory, and it was something that that my father valued, that my family valued, was paying off debt. And my in-laws also own their home free and clear. My father-in-law loves paying cash for anything from vehicles to homes. And so it's just kind of in in the air in, in my family and my wife's family. And so when we purchased this home, we, we moved from a, a smaller home and needed a larger home for our family. And my wife and I both agreed that within reason, you know, we wanted to be mortgage free as soon as possible just because it opens up more possibilities and, and flexibility, in, in a sense, not having that monthly payment hanging over your head. And just to add, add some more to the story, we lived in another home. And when we moved, it took about six months to sell the other home. So I had two mortgages hanging over my head. And so... Of course, when we sold the other home, it had appreciated value through a lot of that at, the, at, at our new mortgage and just wanted to be free and clear of those monthly payments.
0: That is incredible. That is incredible. Well, a lot of people would love to be free and clear of those monthly payments. So let's talk about how you did that. What were some of the steps that you took to pay off your $136,000 mortgage in just over two years? What did you do?
1: So, during that time, my income did go up, had some promotions and increased responsibility at work, and just kind of the idea of any increase in income, putting that towards mortgage payoff or savings. We were at a place where we didn't feel like we needed to, and we didn't really want to inflate our lifestyle. So... I guess that's part of my advice would be if you can automate those payments. I automatically set our monthly mortgage payment to deduct an extra $700 towards it. So there's a that that monthly extra was locked in and then When people ask me about mortgage payoff, I put an asterisk next to it because, of course, a lot of the payoff happened during COVID when a lot of our expenses dropped being at home, weren't paying for daycare, childcare, things like that, having, you know, doing that on our own. And then also, whatever you feel about the politics of this, stimulus payments and additional child tax credits funneled those as windfalls towards the mortgage. So kind of put an asterisk that the Trump and Biden administrations assisted me in the payoff of my mortgage. And you know, I recognize that a lot of people were, not, were in a position where they needed those payments to, to live and do other things. And part of our reasoning was if we can get free of this mortgage, it opens us up to be able to be more generous with time and money without having monthly mortgage payments.
0: I love that. That is a great way of using extra money that came into your world, both from your income side of things. And then these surprise checks, you know, a lot of us got, if we set ourselves up in the right way, when that came in, you guys had a goal. It was like, okay, we're in mortgage payoff mode. So whatever's coming our way is going that way. Is that right? Did you guys have sort of that sole focus of paying off this mortgage? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's cool. And then on the, I guess, controlling your expenses side or decreasing your expenses, you said, I mean, obviously, there were blessings and curses of our pandemic time. But part of that blessing was that your expenses were a lot lower. Were there other things that you guys had to do to trim expenses to make this mortgage freedom possible? Or was it just because you guys were home and spending a lot less money?
1: Yes, that, and it was other things that we already did. I mean, we we cook and eat at home most of the time, and going out to dinner as a family or something like that is you know, a a treat. And, of course, even when I was working in the office pre-COVID, I didn't go out to lunch very much, brought my lunch in. So it was just continuing those things we were already doing to keep us towards that goal of being mortgage-free. That's great. Patrick,
0: you know, some people are gung-ho about goals like this, whatever, paying off debt, paying off the mortgage, you know, investing for the future, but their spouse isn't quite on board. How did things go with Deanna? Were you and Deanna in step with this process or were there a lot of conversations that needed to happen? Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, we were aligned on this. Deanna's very anti-debt and a funny story from when after I proposed to her many years ago, she said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm so thankful for someone who's good at money and personal finance. She's like, I don't, I don't know much about money and personal finance. And I was like, well, Deanna, what do you know? And she goes, well, all I know is it, I like to spend a lot less than I make. I just think that's a smart thing to do. And so my response was, well, that's 90%, but you get an automatic A minus. What do you need me for? So <laughs> we're, we were both on the same page on this.
0: That's so true. I mean, it's so funny when we all look for the secret sauce to a lot of these things, whether it's taking care of our health or, you know, our personal finances. Sometimes the simple, easy answer is the right answer. And it sounds like that's what you and Deanna know best. So talk to us about, you know, when you guys paid this off. Did you guys celebrate? How are things different for you now? Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, so when when we finished paying things off, we didn't get to do much of a celebration right away. Our oldest child was having a bit of a mental health crisis during that time, and that's that took a lot of our, our energy you know, towards that to helping her and be, being there for her. And at, once things settled down, I guess our celebration was this past spring. My wife and I got to go out west to uh, Nevada and Utah to some state national parks, just the two of us, no kids. And so Kind of the biggest vacation we've had since just us, since we've had children. So that was our celebration. That's got to be great. How many kids do you have? We have three children.
0: That's a lot going on, especially during a pandemic. We have two, you know, during all that craziness that was going on, the whole uh I guess, at home learning and then back to school. And whew, I'd like to just wipe that from my brain. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> yes. how are things different now with your finances? You guys are not paying a mortgage. You're not paying these extra principal payments. What are you doing with that new money? You talked about intentionality with your money. What are you guys doing with that money now?
1: So we've we've done some home improvement projects we've been putting off. The room I'm in now is an outdoor office that was a just a wreck and a dumped and fixed it up so that I was not working out of the bedroom. I was, I I can work from home out of an office. So things like that. And we've had some other unexpected expenses come up, like our our HVAC unit died and had to replace that and had some other things. So basically now we're kind of replenishing our cash cushion and just continuing to invest in this, at least for now, kind of a 20% down market. It's good to you know, continue to buy equities at a discount and stay the course from that perspective.
0: Yeah. What kind of uh, interest rate did you have on your mortgage that you paid off?
1: It was a 4.7% interest rate. If you look at interest rates around that time, around 2019, when it ticks up slightly, that's right when we bought our house, bad timing, but doesn't matter now.
0: It's, it's gone now. But I mean, so somebody listening right now might be saying, wow, you know, 4.75, I could make a lot more in the stock market. Why did you throw all that money at your mortgage when you could have been investing? What would you say to that person?
1: I'd say they're, they're absolutely right. That's a very good objection. And in our defense, we kind of diversified and did both. We were maxing out IRAs, our HSA, our 401k, not sacrificing that investing to pay off. I would caution against going all out and investing in the stock market or going all out and paying off your mortgage. Diversify. And of course, the context, the place you're in kind of dictates how you feel about it. In January, February of this year, I was feeling, man, maybe I shouldn't have paid it off and should have invested everything sky high. And now I'm thinking, well, I'm kind of glad that I did a little bit of both, that I didn't put it all in at 2021 asset prices. And so just Yeah, I'd say doing at least a little bit of both is the way to go.
0: Yeah. Now there's conversations around like a looming recession that might be on the way. Having no mortgage, how do you feel with that on the horizon?
1: It's just one less stressor that if you know, inflation keeps skyrocketing. If it's, you know, expenses go up, maybe skyrocketing. is not the, that sounds kind of alarmist, but if prices keep going up, if there's, you know, more unexpected things that happen around the house, at least there's not a monthly mortgage payment. And if we were have to, if we did have to move or relocate, it's not the previous situation where we had two mortgages hanging over our head. It's okay. If this house takes time to sell, or I tried to fix it up to rent it out. I, I have some kind of some margin to have different options with with moving or relocating.
0: Now, knowing that your dad and your family love that sort of mortgage-free life, if you guys were ever to get another house in the future, do you think it would be, hey, I got to get this thing for cash or are you okay with getting a mortgage again in the future?
1: I think I'd be okay with following the same approach of getting a mortgage and then paying it off aggressively. Just the idea of taking that much cash out at once makes me cringe a bit. So, I'd be okay with taking on a mortgage again, yeah.
0: I feel like I would probably do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I love talking about mortgage freedom, all that goes along with it, but I think the ability for you to be able to borrow at a lower rate, I mean, even still now, I mean, the rates aren't that crazy. I mean, they're going up, but that's still historically not that bad. So getting in a home and being able to have a place to live forever is a pretty nice thing. So somebody's listening right now, Patrick, and they're saying, wow, you know, I would love to be mortgage-free. I would love to have this thing not weighing over my head all the time, this mortgage payment. What's one small step do you think somebody could take Today to move themselves and their family towards mortgage freedom?
1: I think a small step would just be coming through your budget, seeing if there's anything that you can trim out and then allocating that towards an automatic extra payment towards the mortgage. And you know, I I wouldn't recommend a huge amount, just a little bit that keeps chipping away at that principal and sets you up for later. You know, if you're able to put a big lump sum or, you know, you have a big windfall, then you're that further along towards payoff, but not overextending yourself and putting so much in that you'll regret that. Trying to avoid regret, but set up something automatic that you don't see that puts you towards that goal.
0: I love it. I love it. Patrick, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to connect with you, maybe ask a question or two, is our Thriving Families Facebook group a good place to do that? I could collect those questions and send them your way. Yes, that would be great. I'll put that in the show notes, everybody. If you want to connect and, you know, shoot over any questions, I can send those over to Patrick to make it easy. Patrick, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Andy. I enjoyed this.
0: As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick favor for me. Please share your favorite Marriage, Kids, and Money episode on social media and tag your friend, Andy, at Andy HillMKM on Twitter and Facebook or at Marriage, Kids, and Money on Instagram to encourage you to help your buddy, Andy. We're giving away free marriage, kids, and money merchandise. That's right. Carpe DM t-shirts, MKM mugs, be the change hoodies, all that you would ever wished for. And speaking of promoting positive work and sharing good news, recently I found this news story and it's entitled, Who Will Help? Dramatic Train Tracks Rescue in Chicago Sets Off Another Act of Kindness. And to help me read this awesome article and share the good word, once again, I'm happy to be joined by my son, Calvin Hill. What's up, Calvin Hill? I'm sitting. You're sitting, so you're not up, you're down. Is that right? Yeah, I'm down. You're down. Okay, so you're hanging out. Why don't we get to this article, my boy? All right, let's start reading it, okay? Here we go. You can be the yellow and I'll be the blue, okay? Okay. A man had just fallen onto the electrified rail on Chicago's red line, seemingly unconscious, convulsing, and unable to save himself. A crowd was gathering, and the unfolding tragedy was being recorded.
2: That's why Anthony Perry saw less than a week ago as he got off his usual train stop on his way home. Perry says he felt compelled to act. He jumped into the tracks, skipped over the third rail, and pulled the man to safety.
0: It was an act of kindness that would soon lead to national attention for Perry and a gift that would change his life. But at the time, helping someone in need was all that was on Perry's mind, he said. The guy didn't have control of his body, so I really felt like if I don't help him, who will help, Perry told USA Today. Everybody was just standing around and recording.
2: With the help of another commuter, Perry performed CPR as he waited for paramedics to arrive on the scene. The unidentified <laughs> man was taken to a nearby hospital and was expected to survive. The Chicago Sun-Times reported police were currently investigating what led to the man landing on the tracks the newspaper reported.
0: After that, Perry's life mostly went back to normal for about a day and a half, he said. Soon, videos of the incident started attracting attention on social media. On Tuesday, Perry received a call from Early Walker, Chicago native and founder of the anti-violence group I'm Telling Don't Shoot.
2: Walker was inspired by Perry's act of kindness. Walker explained... So he planned a surprise as a token of his appreciation. Perry arrived at the park the following day to find Walker, members of the Chicago Police Department and local news crews awaiting him. After introductions, Walker awarded Perry... A $25 gasoline card for his 2009 Audi A8.
0: We wanted to literally show our appreciation because we need more people like you. We need more Anthonys in the world, Walker said to Perry. The gesture has since attracted national attention. Perry said the car will make his life way easier. His daily commute from his home in Greater Grand Crossing to his job will be cut from over an hour to around 30 minutes.
2: It means a lot, honestly, to see somebody else being selfless walker paid it forward for me doing the right thing and that. Meant a lot, Perry said. The next time you see somebody that needs help, the first thing we can do is not record, but instead we can help.
0: Awesome, buddy. Thank you very much for reading. That was a longer article today. I think that's really neat. So essentially, a man fell on the railroad tracks and he needed help, and this young man jumped on the railroad tracks to save him. And that's very dangerous, right? Because a train could hit him or he could be electrocuted. But he just went and saved him and gave him CPR. And then he saved his life. And then another man heard about it and he wanted to give him a car for all his great duties. Isn't that nice? What do you think about this guy who jumped on the track? What do you, what do you think about him?
2: He was really nice because because a, a train could have hit both of them, but he just jumped. To almost sacrifice his life for somebody else.
0: Wow! Isn't that isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. Do you think you could save somebody's life like that and maybe lose your own? Yeah. You think you could? You're a hero, man. That's amazing. Can you think of a time when you've really helped somebody, mm. a friend or a family member, and done something nice for them?
2: No. Can you?
0: When you've done it, well, I know you do things nice for Zoe a lot when she's feeling sad. And that's cool. I think that's nice. You're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about her, right? You're thinking about what could make my sister happy right now. That's when I'm really proud of you. When I see you do things like that, that's being selfless. Did you hear that word that you read out there? Selfless. Mm -hmm. That means you're thinking about another person and not yourself, right? Right. It's a very nice trait, being selfless. Calvin, I really appreciate you reading this with me. I'm going to give you $3 for sharing the good word today. And I'll put it in your ally account. Does that sound good?
2: How about $3 and one cent?
0: <laughs> I like it. good negotiating. Sounds good. $3 and one cent it is. I love it. It's my boy's a negotiator. All right. Can we read the... But then you
2: lose one cent.
0: I won't lose one cent. I'll be giving it to you. Oh. It's good for you. You're good with money. I know you are. You're a good saver. You've got like 300 bucks in your ally save account, don't you? Wait, I do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you don't even know?
2: In my save. In
0: your save. Yeah. How about in your uh, spend? You got like 60 bucks in there.
2: Can you put $200 in my spend? <laughs> I'll still have $100. Talk, talk
0: into the microphone. People I'll still
2: hear have $100. You've got in a lot of my... money. But $100. In what do you need that? in
0: your spend? You got to buy some more Robux? You just bought a basketball hoop. Did you hear that? Everybody, he just bought his own basketball hoop.
2: No, I didn't. You did it with me.
0: Well, we split it. It was 20 bucks each, right? We got it on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. That's awesome, right? You happy with it? Yeah. That's good. Well, let's read the social I shout sweat out. sweat mode. You do sweat mode? What's sweat? <laughs> Tell everybody what sweat mode is.
2: Sweat mode is when you go ultimate and then you m- make every hoop.
0: I <laughs> like it. <a> sweat mode. <laughs> 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 All right, let's read the uh, the good word. The, oh, blah, 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 blah. Let's read no, the social it's called shout the out. The
2: ultimate sweat mode.
0: The ulti- let's read the ultimate sweat mode, everybody. Let's ask uh, your a robotic friend here. So we got four social shout outs since the last time we did this good word. So can you ask A L E X A? Pick a random number between one and four.
2: Alexa, pick from one and four sweat modes.
0: Four. Okay. She, she she understood what you're saying. All right. The fourth social shout out slash sweat mode comes in from Scott Soptik, who says, oh, actually he shared an episode that featured uh, Sam Dogen, the financial samurai talking about real estate investing. And then Amy Green, who went from a zero dollar net worth to a millionaire in just seven years. And let's, let's read what uh, Scott had to say. Can you read this buddy?
2: My favorite episode from one of my all time favorite podcasts. Uh, A powerful story about how an ordinary family completed transformed their personal.
0: Awesome. All right, Scott, thank you very much for shouting out the show and supporting our family podcast. Calvin, thank you so much for reading it and getting all sweat mode with us on the show here today. Scott. $3 Uh, three dollars and, and $3 one three dollars <laughs> and one cents coming your way, Scott. I'll be DMing you my thanks, and uh, I'd like to offer you a piece of merch from the store, Mr. Beast merch, <laughs> Mr. Beast merch. Made it again to the show again today. <laughs> T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, all sorts of good stuff, man. If you want to share your favorite MKM episode on social media and tag us at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or at Andy Hill MKM on Twitter or Facebook, you'll have a chance for Calvin to go all. Sweat mode on you, and pick your name, and receive some free merch from the Marriage Kids and Money Store.
2: Mr. Beast merch,
0: uh, Mr. Beast. Yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of good stuff there. And everybody, Calvin and I will be here next month sharing the good word. Calvin, thank you so much for being here, buddy. You want to do the uh, Carpe Diem quote with me? Yeah. Awesome. All
2: right. Three dollars and I one come. cent. Three dollars and
0: one cent. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from Unknown.
2: Be the first millionaire in your family, but make sure you're not the last.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Here's to building generational wealth for your family, everyone. Carpe Carpe diem. diem.